Thank you for listening to this selection from bradhambrick.com. Brad serves as pastor of counseling at the Summit Church in Durham, North Carolina, and is excited to produce resources that equip believers and resource churches to care well for one another in their community. We pray that this serves you well, and we hope that you'll consider utilizing other resources from bradhambrick.com for your personal growth and ministry endeavors. So now we come to step eight, um, persevering in the new life and identity to which God has called me. Uh, This is what I kind of call the anticlimactic of the post-traumatic. We mentioned earlier, trauma is sensational. It's big. By comparison, healthy is boring. Healthy doesn't live up to trauma. And so it, it can be hard to adjust to a healthy life when the volume's been up to here and we're going to get used to living in this range again. And so uh, when we look here at marks of a new normal, uh, it, uh, we're going to look at 12 things. Uh, and as you look at them, what I would encourage you to do is place an asterisk beside those that you've already seen God begin to do just as a way to encourage yourself. And say, you know, it's not as if, even if I'm just beginning the journey, God has already been doing some things. Um, And those that that you can't put an asterisk besides yet, make them a matter of prayer request, maybe with a trusted friend. uh, And lean on uh, Philippians 1.6, where God promises to bring to completion the work that He has begun, uh, as a way to say, I'm not hoping against hope, uh, I'm hoping that these are really things because God said that, that He would do them. And so some of the signs that we're getting back to a, a healthy normal. Treasuring the lessons that you've learned from your post-traumatic stress. Now that doesn't mean the reasons of what I went through. I don't even think it means it's worth it. I don't know on what scale we would even begin to say that. I think God can do lots of good stuff in light of a painful, awful event. And I can be grateful for all of the good things that He did without saying anything positive about the mess that He brought it out of. I think at the midst of a trauma, I can say God did a lot of good stuff and that was still evil and awful. And if I had to choose, I wouldn't have chosen it. I trust God because He's faithful in light of it. And somehow we do this kind of math that if we can't say it was worth it and we're glad that we went through it, that somehow we're not a good enough Christian in the midst of all of that. And I think that's just a a form of of self-abuse that we come into there. Our energy level returns to normal. Uh, As those hypervigilant symptoms go away and we're not forever on guard and we begin to sleep a little better, uh, we have more energy. Decision-making becomes easier. We're more engaged with the here and now. Uh, we can begin to look to, anticipate the future, and so just planning becomes easier. Appetite and sleep cycle return to normal. We're able to enjoy time alone. Being alone is no longer isolation. It's no longer withdrawal. It can be solitude and sweet. We begin to look forward to events. We're not measuring life by the past and how to protect ourselves from that. Uh, Our goals and aspirations um, 
are more at the forefront of our mind uh, than our hardships. Um, we're able to use this experience to comfort others. It doesn't mean we talk to everybody about it all the time. Uh, but my working definition of vulnerability is simply this. Any experience of my life is on the table when it's helpful for me to encourage somebody else or to allow somebody else to encourage me. vast majority of the time, something as painful as a traumatic event doesn't really fit in that category. But when it is, it's available for that. Uh, the freedom to worship returns, especially as those constrictive symptoms begin to um, evaporate. A sense of humor returns as we gain a sense of proportionality. Uh, new relationships are built. As I get out of that sense of shame, and I don't feel like I'm hiding myself or protecting other people from me, uh, I can connect with people uh, in a way that I feel like I am more available to them than I did before. I can experience peace even during an emotional bump. I can experience kind of one of those trigger moments and it riles up kind of a spike of anxiety. But I feel like I can manage that moment well enough that even though it's really unpleasant and I don't like it, I don't feel like I'm out of control. And once I settle myself, the time period in which I am able to engage life is getting increasingly short. Uh, and so I'm able to enjoy more of life. And I appreciate my growth because of the trauma. It's not just that I learned. Uh, that's what we said in kind of point one there. I grew. Um... It's not like I just got information. Uh, I became a stronger and more mature person. Now, when it comes to writing your narrative, um, you know, it's those same questions that we went through before. It gives you a spot to, to kind of write out how your perspective has changed. Uh, that uh, there's going to be some time period between step six, when you looked at that initially, and step eight. And I think as you contrast that, uh, you'll be you'll be pretty encouraged uh, by the way that God grew you during that time. Uh, preparing for a transition. Uh, this is where I would say making sure that you're a part of a small group. Um, Stephen Tracy uh, says, relational intimacy is built on emotional connection and risk-taking. Small group is a great place for proportional risk-taking. For being known and being cared for, asking for prayer and praying for others. If one of our goals in this third phase is reconnecting with life and relationships at this point in our journey, a small group is just a great place for that. Learning accountability and encouragement on a broader scale. Again, we've been giving you some things throughout here where you've been doing that in a structured way. What is it like uh, to begin to say, hey, this is something that I want to begin to grow in, a challenge that I feel like I need to overcome. And I just do that voluntarily because it's important to me, not because I feel like it's some part of overcoming my trauma. That, that's a beautiful part of living in community uh, where I'm no longer overcoming, I'm just living. Uh, having a plan for future study. Uh, one of the reasons that there's so many quotes in this material it's not just because I'm a skinny little nerd and I like to read books and I want to show off. Um, but I want you to get the voice of a lot of different people who have written on this subject. I don't think you're going to go out and read 15 books on trauma. It's kind of miserable, I'll admit it. Um, but as you go through this material, 
And you said, one of those authors really speaks in a way that resonates with me. I'd want you to be able to go, ah, that helps me find the most useful resource. Uh, if you said, I'm just not sure what to study next, but I kind of like having a structured uh, study, uh, then the one that, that we did on finding your identity and security in Christ, uh, I think would be an excellent follow-up study. And then making a formal transition plan. Uh, if you're going through this material as a part of a group uh, or with a counselor, uh, then when you get to this stage, beginning to say, okay, what are the things that need to be in place for me to firmly pass this baton from formal care to natural relationships? Uh, and what are some of those markers that would say, I just need to come back in for a checkup? Uh, that would be part of what's a formal transition plan. Uh, and as those things are in place, uh, you can begin to embark.